everything about his life was geared to make women's wrestling a success. And anything that could help that business, he was in favor of. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Lady Wrestler, the story behind the story. This podcast gives you a behind-the-scenes look at the issues explored in the documentary Lady Wrestler, the amazing untold story of African-American women in the ring, which is now streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Lady Wrestler tells the story of courageous black women who broke racial and gender boundaries in pro wrestling in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. I'm Chris Borne, and I directed the documentary. The voice you heard at the beginning of the podcast was Washington Post reporter Jeff Lean. The interview with Lean is featured in the documentary. In the interview clip, Lean describes how famous, or should I say infamous, wrestling promoter Billy Wolf was inspired by baseball legend Jackie Robinson. Wolf believed integrating women's wrestling in the early 1950s by bringing in black women would bring attention and excitement to the sport just as Jackie Robinson did by integrating Major League Baseball in 1947. The history of women's wrestling is something that Lean is an authority on. He's the author of the acclaimed book, Queen of the Ring, a biography of Mildred Burke, the first world women's wrestling champion. Try saying that three times. Burke was like the Lana Turner of women's wrestling. A long-held myth in show business lore was that screen siren Lana Turner was discovered sitting at the soda counter of Schwab's Drugstore, a Hollywood landmark in the 1930s. Similarly, according to Lean's book, Billy Wolf discovered Mildred Burke when she was working as a waitress at a diner in Missouri, also in the 1930s. Billy Wolf is widely credited with elevating women's wrestling from its humble beginnings in circus sideshows and turning it into a mainstream international attraction. William Harrison Billy Wolf was born on the 4th of July, in 1896 that is, in Davies County, Missouri, according to Wikipedia. After serving in the military in World War I, Wolf became a wrestler and, competing as a middleweight, won the Missouri State title in 1923. His Wikipedia page states that he gained a reputation for doing whatever it took to win, a theme that would dominate the rest of his life. After transitioning from a wrestler to a wrestling promoter, Billy Wolf plucked Mildred Burke from obscurity, married her, and groomed her into a world champion. The savvy promoter knew he would have to cultivate other women wrestlers to compete against his wife. After all, in the 1930s, it wasn't as if women who wrestled were just walking around waiting to be discovered. Upon relocating to Columbus, Ohio, my hometown, and setting up shop in the downtown Park Hotel, Billy Wolf established an enterprise that ushered in what's considered the golden age of women's wrestling which spanned from the 1930s through the 1950s. 
Mildred Burke remained the world champion through all those years. Billy Wolf recruited scores of women to take on Mildred, including several African-American women. Among the first black women to join Billy Wolf's organization were three sisters from Columbus, Babs Wingo, her younger sister Ethel Johnson, and their baby sister, Marva Scott. As progressive as Billy Wolf may have been on racial issues, he was certainly no saint. He had a reputation for shady business practices, including underpaying his wrestlers and challenging the women in games of poker and cheating them out of their earnings. But Billy Wolf's power and influence did offer a degree of protection to the African-American women who joined his organization from the discrimination that was rampant in society at the time. In this clip from the Lady Wrestler documentary, Ethel Johnson describes the tough working conditions for black women in the wrestling industry when she and her sister Babs and Marva joined in the 1950s, and the role that Billy Wolf played. In that business, it was heartbreaking into it, being black, because nobody really wanted you. I think Billy Wolf, the manager that I had, was the only one that wanted you. In addition to Ethel and her sisters Babs and Marva, Billy Wolf recruited many other black women to join his organization. Trailblazers such as Kathleen Wembley and Ramona Isbell, who were also from Columbus. said, well, you know what, my marriage is on the rocks, so um, <laughs> I guess I can hold Billy Wolf back up again because, I mean, I'm grown now. I don't have to have anybody's permission or anything like that, so I did. That was Ramona Isbell, describing how she became a full-time wrestler as a divorced single mom when she joined Billy Wolf's organization. For all of his flaws, Wolf gave opportunities to scores of women and enabled them to make a name for themselves in the male-dominated wrestling industry. The flamboyant promoter became known as Diamond Billy Wolf, known for his flashy style. And style was a key component of the formula that he and Mildred Burke developed to turn the women he promoted into world champions. In his book, The Queen of the Ring, Jeff Lean describes Billy and Mildred's winning sex, muscles, and diamonds formula. Sex for sex appeal, muscles for athletic ability, and diamonds for Hollywood-style glamour. As if he were running a world-class finishing school, Billy Wolf insisted that the women he promoted maintain the image of a Hollywood starlet. He had them take publicity photos in stylish wrestling leotards that resembled Hollywood pinup girls and barred them from wearing pants, or slacks as they were called back in the day, smoking or bad-mouthing people. Here's another interview clip from the documentary in which another wrestler who happens to be named Ethel, Ethel Brown, describes the exacting standards Billy Wolf held his wrestlers to. Billy really wanted to cultivate all these women so that they weren't called woman wrestlers, but they were called lady wrestlers. And I can remember that on some of my pictures it said lady wrestler. As much as Billy Wolf was a force to be reckoned with, he couldn't have had success without a business partner who was equally powerful. After a short break, we'll find out about the allegiance between Billy Wolf and Al Haft. In 
order to expand his women's wrestling empire, Billy Wolf teamed up with another wrestling promoter based in Columbus, Ohio, Al Haft. There's a street named after Al Haft in Reynoldsburg in East Columbus. Al was one of the major figures in uh, professional wrestling in the early part of the 20th century. He was the king of wrestling in, in the Ohio Valley area. That was Jeff Lean talking about Al Haft. Like Billy Wolf, Al Haft had been a wrestler himself and had coached at the Olympics and The Ohio State University. And he was the biggest force in professional wrestling in the state of Ohio and, and that, that whole region. He had an arena called Half's Acre, which uh, would fit 6,000 people. He had a gym called Half's Gym on High Street. It was one of the top wrestling training gyms in the country. Women and men trained there. And uh, he was, he was a, a, one of the founding uh, members of the National Wrestling Alliance. So he was a member of good standing and the most powerful monopoly to run professional wrestling. Al Haft was a reluctant supporter of women's wrestling. In the documentary, Ethel Brown relates that Al didn't much care for women's wrestling and preferred to promote men, whom he believed drew bigger crowds to matches. Underscoring Ethel Brown's perspective was a letter from Al Haft to Billy Wolf that I found in my research at the University of Notre Dame, which has an extensive wrestling archive. Shout out to Jeff Lean for referring me to the university which is about five hours west of my hometown of Columbus. In the letter, and I'm paraphrasing, Al Haft tells Billy Wolf that he doesn't like to feature too much women's wrestling. It is, after all, a man's sport, Haft wrote. Al Haft was a character, just like his business partner, Billy Wolf. For more insight into the impact that Billy Wolf had on women's wrestling, here's my interview with Chris Bergstrom, who operates the popular Facebook page, Fabulous Ladies of Wrestling. You can also hear more with Chris and how he became an advocate and archivist of women's wrestling in a previous episode of this podcast, Episode 3. But for now, here's Chris's take on Billy Wolf. So have you seen any of the uh, the Dark Side of the Ring episodes that Vice News? I have. Yeah. And I am really hoping that one day they do one on Billy Wolf. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that would be. I think that would be amazing. It because, would. I it mean, would. He's married like five different ladies that he trained, and there's all kinds of rumors of other women that he was with. And one of the lady wrestlers that he was with, Karen Kellogg. She actually had a child. And if you read the book by Jeff Lean, yes. it's called uh, Queen oh, of the Ring. Okay. Yeah. Yes. About uh, Mildred Burke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim Kelly is her son, and he found her later on, you know, and it's like he found out, oh, <laughs> Billy wow. Wolf's my father. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I always say, I mean, they could they could really make a Netflix show just about the women wrestlers of that era that Billy Wolf um, promoted. I mean, because there's so many different chapters to the story. There's the chapter of the black women, like the ones I interviewed in Lady Wrestler. Yeah. There's uh, Mildred Burke stories and Nell Stewart stories and all the, the other women that Billy Wolf had affairs with. Yeah, Billy yeah. Wolf is a really a character 
to you know a, a colorful character he could have his own movie and then they could spin it off into a series they they definitely could like the crown yeah, I, I could see it too and he had kind of like that uh old hollywood type yeah. look i don't know if you've seen a bunch of the photos but he often took photos out in nightclubs with a lot yeah. of the lady wrestlers and it always looked like it was some glamorous event that they were at the Grammys or something like that. So you could tell that he was very much about, you know, the glamour of wrestling as well. You know, I, I've heard stories that he'd always give them mink coats and diamond rings. And, you know, uh, they Ethel talked about that some in your documentary. Yeah, Ethel Brown, yeah. And, Marva's daughters, I think, mentioned it too with Marva Scott. Yeah, like Ethel Brown said, he was called Diamond Billy Wolf, and mm -hmm. he always wore rings and would talk with his hands in the air, so you could see his rings. And oh, yeah. he would he'd have like some diamond pin on his tie, and he'd have his suit jacket open so you could see his diamond pin. And yeah, yeah he he was really a character. I'm surprised someone hasn't made a movie about him oh, before yeah. now. Yeah, because he was like, like you said, he was like old Hollywood. He was like, mm -hmm. you know, Louis B. Mayer, one of those like old Hollywood moguls. He, yeah. He, yeah. If nothing else, I think somebody should write an entire book about him, just like how oh, Jeff yeah, Lean did definitely. with Mildred Burke. I mean, that would definitely be a really interesting biography. Yeah, because there's Moore. so much more, I think, to his story that was covered in Jeff Lane's book. Because it was, you know, it, it did a lot of Billy Wolf, but I think it was focused mainly on the Mildred Burke story. Because he actually had her manuscript for the book that she was writing and she had hoped to publish. But I guess a lot of it was uh, like... Uh, she didn't break a lot of the secrets of wrestling. So a lot of what she put in there was still covering up like old, old time carnival. Of trade. Yeah. She didn't want to give away the secrets or the really secret sauce. talk yeah. <laughs> negatively about anyone too badly. It was all just kind of just about her, her journey to become a wrestler. Billy Wolf died on March 7, 1963. Like so many people in sports and entertainment, he was a complex character. Yes, he empowered women, but he also exploited them for profit. He was both a womanizer and a man who was ahead of his time in promoting women to be recognized on equal footing in a male-dominated industry. And for that, he will be remembered. You can learn more about Billy Wolf in the documentary, Lady Wrestler. The day after the documentary premiered in March 2018 at the Wexner Center for the Arts on the campus of The Ohio State University, my alma mater, I had an interesting experience that brought Billy Wolf to mind. During my morning jog, when I reached the end of my street, I noticed an animal with eyes fixed on me. I stopped and saw that it was a white wolf, or coyote, that had ventured out of the dense gathering of trees that separates my neighborhood from a nearby highway. I've always had a fear of dogs, stemming back to childhood. Well, vicious dogs at least. And upon spotting this creature, 
I stopped and slowly walked away as the wolf continued to fix its gaze on me. Luckily, the animal didn't follow me or try to attack me, and I made it back to my house safely. But the incident stuck in my mind was the fact that I spotted this wolf the morning after speaking about Billy Wolf in front of hundreds of people at the screening. Well, was it some kind of supernatural sign or just a strange coincidence? Who knows? Whatever the case may be, I never saw that wolf before or after the premiere of the movie. On the next episode of Lady Wrestler, the story behind the story, We'll explore the importance of telling black stories, like the ones chronicled in the documentary Lady Wrestler. Joining me will be my friend and colleague, author, filmmaker, and entrepreneur extraordinaire, Raymond Lambert. Like me, Raymond documents the black experience. We collaborated on a book titled All Jokes Aside, about the legendary Chicago comedy club of the same name that Raymond co-founded in the 1990s with fellow Morehouse alum, James Alexander. Raymond also made a critically acclaimed documentary titled Funny Business. The documentary aired on the Showtime cable network and features interviews with many of the kings and queens of comedy who got their start at Raymond's club, like Dave Chappelle, Monique, Steve Harvey, Adele Givens, D.L. Hughley, and many more. Raymond also co-produced an award-winning documentary on Maya Angelou that played at Sundance and aired on PBS. And Raymond's latest work is a documentary on Harold Washington, who was Chicago's first African-American mayor. In our conversation for the podcast, Raymond and I discussed the importance of giving voice to the African-American experience through the art form of documentary. A perspective that you can't get anywhere, and it's history. Because if we don't tell these stories, and you look at what's out there, it's like, well, what was your contribution? Like, what did you bring to the table, and what impact did you have? And all of that will be lost if we don't tell these stories, and nobody else is going to tell them. Join us for the next edition of Lady Wrestler, the story behind the story. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to catch the documentary on Amazon Prime Video. Thank you for listening. Catch you next time.